15 seconds. Long Talk Radio. This is all about wine. A talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do in this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around and the around. world. You know, we really have had some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Is on. Here's Ron. Thank you. Oh, they're excited. They're excited. They're excited because the rains have passed. We're not going to rain on anymore. We had some Florida nasty storms go through. So. Your side of the state, yes. No, not you? <laughs> My side. No, it's been lightning and thunderstorming and all kinds of... Oh, you... Oh, you haven't gotten the rains, huh? Oh, wow. I thought you thought you oh, yeah, had. It's been, it's been pouring. It's been pouring rain uh, about an hour ago, but uh, we still have it around the area. So, yeah, I'll yeah. keep an eye on well, it. You know, I did that here, though, after the rainstorm went through, uh, went through about uh, 2.30, 3.30. And after it passed, the lightning still and the thunder mm-hmm. boomers and everything, it, it like it hung around for a good 15, 20 minutes before it finally moved away. So, yeah. for all yeah, of so, you, who, I'm just going to explain a little weather for all of you out there who are not living in Florida or have been here. In the summer, we get the breeze from the Gulf of Mexico coming in, blowing to the east. We also get the heat from the state rising up in the middle, and this causes some serious, serious thunderstorms to pop up and they do pop up it's just amazing you look at radar and you, you you're sitting there staring at radar and all of a sudden this great big storm pops up and intense rain in it and everything and it moves then to the west and finishes up back out in the gulf usually but then the patterns vary all sorts of different ways and all that and sometimes it comes in from the Atlantic and moves across and hits in the middle of the state and then comes across. But uh, it's some some heavy rain, some some serious thunderstorms, and it's thunder and lightning too because the heat and then the little bit cooler Gulf temperature create some major major thunderstorms and lightning and thunders and all that. So uh, it's it's always fun. I'm sure you have thunderstorms wherever you live around the country, but it happens like almost every day here in Florida uh, because of the because of the heat. So uh, Mike is recovering from his sunburn. We were talking about that last week, and he is on the mend. Yes, and mm-hmm. so we're happy for that. He's able to sleep and uh, laying down instead of having to prop himself up and. 
and stay up. And uh, he's also peeling, so he's in the stage now where he has to be careful because he's very vulnerable to predators at this time. Yeah. And so, molting, uh, molting stage, yeah. Yeah, molting stage. Yeah, it's serious, serious time. Yeah, you got to be careful. Uh, so he is going through that yeah. right now, but uh, he is on the show here, and we won't be hearing the moanings and the groans in the background anymore. And he's yeah. also back on his <laughs> he's back on his Saturday morning show too. So be sure yeah. to tune in to that uh, because you. he's. He's, I, I believe you are back on your Saturday, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Been working on this. So, so good. Yeah. So, tune in on that. And uh, we're happy that he is recovering. Yeah. Nasty. Sunburns are nasty. Oh. And another thing, if you come to Florida, sunscreen, SPF yeah. 50. I mean, you know, it's, it's really... You learn you learn real quick the importance of that. Uh, I learned something yesterday that uh, I didn't really know, but uh, I was uh, preheating the oven. Uh, this goes along with our cooking segment. I don't know. I just made that up. But uh, so I was cooking something yesterday, and I couldn't find the parchment paper, so I grabbed a roll of uh, wax paper. Have you ever stuck that wax paper in an oven? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. That's the reaction I got here. Anyway, um so I'm, I put everything in the oven. It was like, I don't know, 375. Uh, I had like those little pizzas. And uh, so I put the pizzas on it. And I'm looking at the oven, and I just see smoke just coming out the yes. top of burners. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with this? And all of a sudden, I mean, it just got thick. And I go, did I just start a fire or something? Well, apparently, as I learned um, 15, 20 minutes later, you're not supposed to put wax paper in an oven. No. And um, what else I learned is you should read the uh, the box that it comes in because it'll tell you on the box, do not put this stuff in the oven. And uh, I didn't see that. It, it looked, it looked like a non-slip. I mean, it looked like a slip sur- you know, surface thing. And I use parchment paper for just about everything. And um, I put this stuff in there and thought I was good. I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, it's an alternative. Uh, apparently it's not. And, it is uh, not. Uh, did not set the fire alarm off, which is a concern, but uh, it it got very close. It was thick. I mean, it was like I thought I'm going to open this thing up. There's going to be a blaze, and um, <laughs> no, it, it was just it was smoking, smothering. But uh, oh, it was terrible. Um, but I peeled the pizzas off of there, stuck it back on the pan, you know, without it, and cooked them fine. But it was uh, some tense moments there, and. Uh, Hey, you know, you learn. Just like the Sunday. The re- reason I thought that was so funny is because mm-hmm. two weeks ago, my granddaughter called, and she says, Grandma, it's so much smoke in this kitchen, I think I caught the condo on fire. And, uh, and so, so uh, Grandma says, what would you do? And she says, well, I didn't have... Uh, what was it she needed? I don't know. Uh, oh, tinfoil. She said, I didn't have tinfoil, so I used wax paper to cook something oh, in the see? oven. That's a common, yeah, and, that's a common thing. <laughs> she, she puts in the same thing, yeah. and that's why I'm laughing. She, she calls and says, I don't know. I think it's on fire. I'm afraid to open the oven. There's so much smoke pouring oh, yeah. out of there. I can't. <laughs> and yeah. that's and it exactly the right. description. <laughs> 
That's perfect. I'm so glad. That that makes me feel better now. People are looking yeah. at me like people are looking at me like I was the only one in the world who's ever done that. And I'm thinking, no. come on, you know. Um, oh, that's, hey, that's so no more stuff. than two weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Well, this was this was two nights yeah, two nights ago. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna cook some uh, some little pizzas. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, I would have shared that information with you, but I didn't think it was needed, so I <laughs> I didn't. Maybe I should have. You should have that, that, that little segment for the show, I think. Maybe uh, yeah. use and don't yeah. in the kitchen. Do not use wax paper, use paper in an paper. oven. Wax paper yeah, is not, not oven certified. <laughs> Something, because it looks like a, a good surface to cook on. You would so, think. You would why, think. That's why I chose. I was like, eh, it's a roll. It's not sticking to it. So, you know, yeah. I'm tore off I wonder tried it. what it is in the wax paper. I mean, is there actually wax on wax paper? It feels like it. It uh, feels it, like it. It feels like there's some kind of coating. Yeah. But is that what's yeah. smoking? The wax on wax paper? I don't know. I, I, the whole thing I was, don't know. Yeah, it was really, really bad looking. Ooh, was my voice. Maybe it was um, toxic, too. I mean, if it kept on, it could have, you know... Yeah. yeah, never thought of that either. Wow. Yeah. So, no. Oh well. well. I'm glad she didn't burn the house down either. So that was that was a good. Yeah, thing. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't burn the house yeah. down. She didn't burn the condo down. And whatever she was cooking, right. she called about an hour later and says everything's fine. It's not smoking anymore, and we had a good meal. So we, you know. So yeah. <laughs> <That's> good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, use wax okay. paper in an oven. Even a toaster oven. Mm-hmm. Don't use wax paper in an oven. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Uh, I thought it was safe. any of them. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, all about wine. Uh, oh, we yeah. killed killed some time there at the beginning. So uh, yeah, there you go. First day of a new month, September first, and so I've got some wine-related events to pass on to you. September in 2021 is the inaugural Aussie Wine Month. So this is for, they're celebrating their second year of the Australian or Aussie Wine Month this year. They started in 2021. Seemed odd that they would do it. September is also California Wine Month, Illinois Wine Month, Missouri Wine Month, and North Carolina Wine Month. So any of the wines you get from those, they're celebrating their wine month. And let's see. Uh, uh, Okay. Cap Classique Day is today. And that's South African sparkling wine. Cap Classique Day. If you have any South African wine bubbly, then uh, today's the day to drink it and enjoy it. Now, I've got Cabernet Day scheduled for tomorrow uh, on the calendar here. This is what, but again, like I try to explain to you every month, different sites have different days, but tomorrow is Cabernet Day, so... Take out your Cabernet Sauvignon and enjoy. 
And then I also have here Saturday the 3rd is International Cabernet Sauvignon Day. So I, I it's confusing. I don't know if it's the 3rd or the 2nd Cabernet, International Cabernet, or if they're different or what. Tomorrow is also Chianti Day. So, uh, not tomorrow, I'm sorry, Saturday. Saturday is also Chianti Day. So Cabernet Day and Chianti Day. Uh, or you can get an early start and do it Friday and Saturday on the Cabernet Day if you want. Labor Day coming in Monday, national holiday. A lot of people are off for that. Uh, I saw something on Facebook. If you don't have a job, I better hadn't see you out there celebrating Labor Day. Um, so that's coming up. Let's see what we got on food we can celebrate. Uh, oh, today is National Burnt Ends Day. If you're not aware of what burnt ends, when you do a barbecue and you get the ends burnt, uh, those are burnt ends. I never heard of burnt ends until what, four years ago. And Kansas City is a big barbecue city, and I was born and raised there, and so I've always been, you know, a barbecue fan. But they started to sell burnt ends, and it's a big deal. And you can go into a lot of barbecue places and order burnt ends, and I did. And oh my gosh, they were so good. So burnt end day today is is a National Burnt End Day. Tomorrow, uh, Food Bank Day and World Coconut Day. That's why I can't think of any wine to go with coconuts. Maybe there's a coconut wine out there. I'm sure there is. So, uh, but. Uh, burnt in day. Uh, Saturday National Tailgating Day it starts the college football season, so it is the uh, National Tailgating Day. Uh, Sunday National Macadamia Nut Day. I just read that the uh, almonds are really hurting. They've cut back on water allocation to the almond trees. Almond trees use a lot of water, a lot of water. And they cut back, in California, cut back on the allocations of water to the almond trees. And they said it's going to affect the crop, which I like almonds, but probably affect almond milk, which is okay with me because I'm not an almond milk fan. And Labor Day, like I said, Monday, National Coffee Ice Cream Day is coming up Tuesday. Uh, hmm, can't think of any wine to go with that. Wednesday, National Acorn Squash 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 Day, and uh, let's see, that's it. Next Thursday, International Literacy Day. So I can suppose you can drink some wine while you're reading a book. But that's what's coming up. So there you go. That's what's coming up over the next week. Cabernet Day, Friday, I guess International Saturday, I, I'm not sure which one, but whatever one it is, celebrate both of them, and that's a good way to get yourself uh, going on the Cabernet Sauvignon. That's Cabernet Sauvignon too, not Cabernet Franc, which are two completely different things. That's what people used to say. I like Cabernet, and I said Franc or Sauvignon. Oh, well, they look at me like, you know, you idiot, and then, but they are both Cabernets. Tonight, I'm going to go back to some basics here with you. 
I was going through, I was, well, actually, I was going to purge some old wine books and wine magazines and stuff like the libraries and things. I don't throw away books because I'm a, you know, big book fan. And magazines, I don't throw away magazines. Usually, I usually donate those and uh, to well, other people or to local nursing homes and stuff like that. But I was going through some old Publix Grape. It's a magazine that they put out for a while. I don't think they do it anymore. Uh, I, I think it was a cost. Um, COVID hit and the cost and everybody's cutting back and Publix did too. So I don't think they do the, the magazine anymore. Very interesting little magazine. It had a lot of information in it and just some some basic stuff. They also had some recipes and uh, pairings of wines and stuff and they would talk about different wine regions and just yeah, some very interesting odd and stuff. But uh one of the things they did with this magazine which I am sharing with you tonight, is they have a grapes defined page. And I, I mean page. It's not a, uh, a whole bunch of information, but it is some good information. So we're going we're gonna to review some grapes t- tonight and just give you some basic stuff on it, which is something you should know. Uh, first one here is Pinot Noir. And it's spelled P-I-N-O-T-N-O-I-R. Pinot Natiusin Noir. It's uh, light to medium on the body. Food pairings, they suggest beef steaks, stews and roast, mushroom sauce dishes, Rich fish, such as salmon and tuna, red sauced pizza and pasta, ham, roast chicken, and turkey. So you want to have a wine with your pizza, there's your Pinot Noir is your choice. Alcohol range, usually 13 to 14.5%. You can find it a little bit lighter, but usually it's 13 to 14.5%. Let me mention something about alcohol and wine, too. The lighter the alcohol, the lower the alcohol, usually the sweeter the wine tends to be. And the higher the alcohol, the drier. And again, since we're going back to some basics tonight, dry is not the opposite of wet. Dry is the opposite of sweet. Simple. I used to tell people at the winery now this is this is dry and they go how can what what do you mean dry and i said well the opposite of sweet and they go oh you know so that's simple simple definition so higher the alcohol usually the drier wine tends to be the lower the alcohol the sweeter tends to be and the reason for that let me give you a quick little background when you're fermenting wines the yeast is added to it, and you start fermenting the sugars. And that alcohol 
So as the yeast turns to sugar and alcohol, you rise the alcohol levels, and it eats up the sugars. So therefore, the higher the alcohol, the more you've ate up all the sugars. The lower the alcohol, the less sugars are. Uh, the lower the alcohol, less sugars are ate. So therefore, you have a sweeter wine. Just basic thing to look at. If you're not sure how sweet a wine is, look at the alcohol level. It, it's just a basic rule to follow, which is a quick way to find, is this sweet? Look at the alcohol level, and you can really tell most of the time. All right, aging potential for Pinot Noir. Uh, most of them can be enjoyed since they're released. Now, you know, top shelf bottles benefit from aging, though. I mean, in, in, it's 10, 20 years for Burgundy, and then five to ten years for American bottles. And the, the French Burgundy is is a Pinot Noir, too. So keep that in mind. Flavors and aromas. Cherries, red berries, plums, spice, and violets. But aged Pinots may exhibit notes of smoke, game, earth, dried fruits, and roses. Prominent winemaking regions? Well, I just mentioned Burgundy, France, and that is the origin of the grape in Burgundy, France, and they, they make a, a lot of it. It's quite quite popular. But other areas that you get a lot of uh, very good Pinot is out of California, New Zealand, and Oregon. And actually, you can find some very good Pinot Noir of Argentina, too. Serving temperature, every day, 45 to 50 degrees. That's your everyday wine, 45 to 50 degrees for a Pinot. If the wine is aged and you have an expensive Pinot, and you can get some expensive Pinots, serve it a little bit warmer, 50 to 55 degrees. The finish, how it ends, often marked by brightness with a lingering fruit and spice flavors. Recommended glassware, though it's a red wine glass may be used, the more specific Pinot Noir glass is ideal. This is a large, bubblish glass, you know, great big round head on it, and this helps amplify the flavors and the aromas. So you're looking for the, the, the big bubble-type glasses so you can swirl it in there and open up everything. The color is generally lighter, and then you're going to find heavier reds such as the Merlot and the Cabernets. And last, did you know winemakers often craft Pinot Noir into renowned sparkling wines, like the Blanc, uh, Blanc de Nord? in fact, refers to bubbles made with Pinot Noir. Blanc de Nord, it means bubbles with Pinot Noir. So that's the Pinot Noir. Next one, Chablis. Now, this is a varietal. Chablis is, they're saying this is a varietal. Chablis is made in France, and it is a a grape from the Burgundy region of France, which is just southeast of Paris. Uh, so, uh, okay, Chablis is actually a, a, a Chardonnay. Usually it's Chardonnay. 
but Chablis, uh, C-H-A-B-L-I-S, pronounced Chablis as an S-H-A-B-L-E-E, Chablis. Uh, the finish is crisp and bright with a mouth-cleaning acidity, and you're going to get that little bite, that little acid. The body, light to medium. Suggest a glassware. You're going to want a white wine glass, and those are... Uh, white wine glasses look a lot like water glasses, to be honest with you. The bottle is a traditional burgundy-style bottle. It usually is a little bit wider shoulders and has a punt or the indentation on in the bottom. Serving temperatures for Chablis, 40 to 50 degrees. You want it a little bit cooler. Bring out, but you don't want it too cold. Don't ever get a wine too cold, regardless of what it is, because it will close up a little bit on you. Flavors of a Chablis, you're going to pair an apple and... You're also, the aroma is going to bring out the pineapple too, but you're going to get the, the striking acidity and a flinty minerality. Uh, and it's hard to picture it, but when you pick up a Chablis and you smell it, you're going to pick up that flinty minerality. Common growing regions is Chablis region of France. That's it. That's where they call it Chablis. Everywhere else, basically, it's a... Chardonnay. I've got my grape catalog, my grape page pulled up here. And let's pull up Chablis and CH. See, they don't even have Chablis here. They have. Huh. That's funny. They don't. They don't have Chablis at all listed here as, as a separate category. But what they do have, which is really somewhat strange, is Chardonnays and all sorts of different ones. They got Chardonnay, Chenin Blanc, Chardonnay, Colombard, Chardonnay, Gurgenga, Chardonnay, Gerberstamine. I don't know why they're all broken down like that because that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, uh, I'm trying to see if they compare the Chardonnay to the Chablis. Hmm. No, that is really your Burgundy. Okay. Burgundy is Chardonnay's spiritual home. So there you go. Chablis show the grape at its most mineral while Chablis Grand Cru wines will often show greater concentration than with a small degree of oak. Chablis, Chablis Premier Cru wines strike a note between those two. So there you go. And you start getting little nuances in the Burgundy Chablis. But it's actually the it's actually Chardonnay. But uh, the true area of Chablis is going to be in France. Uh, let's see, this pairs, oh, the color, light straw to light yellow. Uh, you want to look for that uh, uh, golden color, actually, is usually a, a good indication of a decent Chablis. Aging potential, wines from the best producers and vintages may age gracefully for a few years if properly stored. Otherwise, drink them within a couple years of production. 
And most people will not storm properly, so you know, be careful. You know, don't age unless you can keep that temperature down. Alcohol range, this is twelve to fifteen percent. Again, the chimneys are not noted as being a sweet wine. This pairs well with shellfish, seafood, chicken with lemon sauce, salads, and appetizers. That's why a lot of times before a meal you will pull out a Chablis with your appetizers. Then when you get in the meal, you're going to pick up the heavier wines, the cabs, and all that stuff. And let's see, did I get everything on this page? Chablis region of France where it's going white wine? Yes, I did. So that is Chablis. Next one we have for you is the Gruner Veltliner. Uh, Veltliner, actually. It's, I added too much of an I to it. Gruner Veltliner. G-R-U, and that U's got a little umlaut above it. And that umlaut is those two little dots you see above a, a letter German. G-R-U-N-E-R, Gruner, and V-E-L-T-L-I-N-E-R, Veltliner. Gruner Veltliner. And they show felt here, and I've always not pronounced it with an F, but a V. Flavors and aromas, peaches, apples, spice, citrus, herbs, and pepper. The color is a pale straw color. Alcohol range generally 11 to 13 percent. Now you can get lower percentage alcohols on Grumman Veltliners, and you can also get a, a sweeter than this. You always find body is light to medium. Originally from Austria, grown a lot in Germany now. Used as a blending grape a lot. Serve it 43 to 48 degrees Fahrenheit. The finish is going to be crisp, dry, and fresh. Use a white wine glass as you're drinking. Aging potential. Premium bottles, and those are the ones by the premier uh, growers. Premium bottles may age for decades. You're going decades, yeah. Gruner Veltliner does have the potential for decades of aging, which is weird when you think about it, but uh, yes, it does. Uh, Let's look up Gruner Veltliner and see what it says uh, about it on this. Where are you? Okay, there it is. They had this thing set up differently than the other page. Uh, it is planted 94% in Austria, Italy, U.S., New Zealand, Germany, Australia, all and all at 1% of plantings in Czech Republic, about half a percent from all the grapes that are planted. The uh, Pairs well with fish, shellfish, cheeses, vegetarian cuisine, green salads, pesto, and pasta primera. 
So it's a, a, a nice crisp wine. If you want to get something other than a Chardonnay, this is a good uh, substitute for Chardonnay. And it goes well. And don't expect to pay a whole lot. You can find these in, you know, $20 and less just about everywhere. Um, obviously, you can go much more expensive. And some of them are, you know, over $100. But you can find them cheaper. So the Gruner Veltliner, G-R-U-N-E-R-V-E-L-T-L-I-N-E-R. Okay. Oops. What's this? Why is that doing that? Hmm. Oh, that's why. Okay, so I had two pages. All right, next one we have Moscato. Now, okay, this is very confusing. The Moscato family can be uh, a, uh, well, people think of mus- Moscato as a uh, Muscatel and stuff like that. And they are all completely different. You, uh, It's not the uh, Moscato that they, or Muscatel that they drink in the, uh, the bums in the alleys and stuff like that. It's completely different. Uh, wow, this one's got like Moscato Giallo hmm. and Moscato Rosa uh, on my grapes this. But it's part of the Muscat family. All of these are part of the Muscat family, uh, the, the Moscato. And there is a lot in the Muscat family. I, it's just amazing how many... Uh, the Muscat wine is not one grape, but a family of cultivars. Muscat is often encountered as either the small but classy Muscat Blanc of Petit grains or the productive but often uninspiring Muscat of Alexandria, which is very popular, actually. But there are many more, uh, from Muscat of Hamburg to the Central European staple Muscat Ocanel. A whole bunch of different Muscat family, uh, Moscato being one of the many different ones. Um, let's see. Uh, okay, here we go. Synonyms. This this is what's interesting. The broad family, regional and international spread, tradition, commercial realities, and mixed prestige among cultivars ensures that Muscat synonyms are highly confusing. Moscato Giallo in Sicily is not the same variety as Moscato Giallo in Trentino. As such, any list on this page would be counterproductive. Please view the individual grapes for more information. So, uh, you know... (laughs) I'm going to tell you what it says here about Moscato on this, but you know, consider that it goes by different names. In fact, they do have a little information on this, Moscato. It says, literally and figuratively, Moscato seems to be on the top of everyone's tongues. 
According to Nelson data, it's the third highest selling wine in the nation, outpacing longer established grapes such as Sauvignon Blanc and Riesling. With $650 million in sales in 2019. Wow. It can't, uh, it isn't difficult to understand why. Fizzy, fresh, and citrusy with a gentle kiss of sweetness, Moscato has charms that are impossible to resist. A lot of people like Moscato. Uh, Barefoot puts out a very nice Moscato. If you're into Moscatos, and it's really, really reasonably priced. So uh, you can check that one out. Moscato derives from the Muscat family of grapes, of which over 200 varieties exist. All of them are known for their aromatic floral qualities. Ooh, I hear thunder out there. Research suggests Muscat is the oldest domesticated grape variety in the world. There you go. Moscato tastes best served properly. Chill it to 45 to 50 degrees, which preserves its freshness. Although it is considered a dessert wine, perfect for lemon tarts or anything with berries... Moscato has sweetness and tropical flavors that pair well with spicy Thai, Indian, and Chinese cuisine. There you go. And, and I've had it with Thai food before, and it it's really is a great complement to the Thai food. So something to to keep in mind on that. Or even Indian food. We don't eat much Indian food because my wife's not a big fan of the flavors of Indian food. But whenever I do, I always get a Moscato or something a little bit sweeter. The aromas you're going to pick up in a Moscato, lemon zest, magnolia, and a fresh peach smell. Oh, my engineer just walked in the room with the wine for this evening. Our Urban Barn. We just had this a couple of weeks ago. This is this is fairly recent. We just had one of these. This is a dark red. Did we have the dark red or did we have the Cabernet? Yeah, um, red wine, and uh, uh, California 2020. It says 2020 dark red wine blend, California, on the cusp between city and country lines, the urban barn, rustic yet chick. These barns were once used for cattle and horses. Now they are built and contain barrel rooms and fermentation equipment. This is the new barn, the winery, the urban barn. There you go, Mike. Look that up for me. Uh, vented and bottled by <laughs> Urban Barn Winery in Manteca, California, but it doesn't tell me anything about the red wine blend. Maybe the website will. But... Uh, okay. I'll let you do that in the background for me okay. because, okay, let me see what we got here. Oh, nice color, a little bit lighter, a little, almost like a Pinot Noir color. Hmm, a little pepper to the nose on that. I don't know why, but picking up some pepper. Cherry black cherry on this. Hmm. Nice, nice aroma on it. 
the legs are not bad. For those of you, again, who are into the legs and wine, this has got some some nice slow-moving legs. Oh, well, a bit lighter than I expected from the color and the, the aroma. The alcohol level, what is the alcohol level on this? It doesn't taste real high, 13.5%. No, it's up there. Oh, that's very nice. It's got some nice lingering finish to it. Carries over that black cherry finish. It's also in the taste, but it carries it over to the finish. Um, it's lingering still, which makes you want to have more. So, But Urban Barn Dark Red Wine Blend, California 2020. Nice wine. Okay, oh, let's get back from Moscato. says, the wine's lightly fizzy style is known as frizzante in Italy, or in Italian. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. Frizzante, any of you Italians out there want to correct me, then email me and correct me. I don't care. It says, although the most famous examples come from Italy, the grape is grown around the world from areas as diverse as California, France, and Brazil. The original style of Moscato, a sparkling type known as Moscato di Asti. Now, you have probably heard of that, Moscato di Asti. Uh, very popular, and you can find it all over the place. I'm pouring myself some of this. The engineer brings it in. She only brings in just like two swallows in the glass. So, uh, the um, Moscato di Asti is made in Piedmont, Italy, in the province of Asti. So the, hence the name Moscato from Asti. Okay, flavor profile. Moscato has bold Christmas with tropical fruits, powdered sugar notes, florals, and acid as its most dominant flavors. Less prevalent are the rich astringency oak and nuttiness. The astringency is the acid, if you will. That's probably the best way to describe it. The sweetness in most Moscato is the result of prematurely stopping the fermentation, which leaves traces of residual sugar. And that's just what I explained to you uh, about the, the sweetness in, in the wines. So they stop the fermentation so they get the sweetness. Flavors you're looking for, notes of citrus, pineapple, clean and fresh, powdered sugar, and peach. With Moscato, you don't need to worry too much about the right stemware. It's the kind of easy, carefree wine that defies strict or pretentious rules. Uh, the They have a little picture here, a little glass. Nuttiness, they're saying little to not present. Acidity is pronounced, if not bold. Floral, bold and intense. Powdered sugar flavor, bold and intense. Salinity, little to none. Oak, little to none. Tropical fruit, and it's actually off the chart, bold and intense. 
rightness, rather pronounced. Richness, again, to not present. Astringency, not even listed. I mean, it's just, it's not astringent at all. Crispness, again, off the chart. And tannin, again, not listed. There's no tannin in it. Moscato's refreshing flavor profile results from its low alcohol level, usually just 5 to 7%. There you go. A little bit more sweetness and a little bit lighter alcohol. The average table wine will run you 12 to 14%. This one's right sitting at, right at 5% to 7 And you can pick them up all over. Barefoot has a sparkling pink Moscato. Cupcake also has some Moscato d'Aste. And Costello has one. The grape has had enormous success with young consumers. Actually, my granddaughter loves the uh, Barefoot Moscato. Almost 30% of Moscato drinkers are millennials in their 20s and early 30s. Hmm, how about that? Here's some more stuff on Pinot Noir. I tried to match up everything together. I guess I missed the Pinot Noir on the other one and put it with this. Let me see if I've covered all the information on that. No, no, we haven't. In the running for oldest cultivated grape, the Pinot Noir grape is thought to have been grown by first century Romans. And it's been grown in France since the uh, since the 1300s. Hmm. Again, we're talking about Pinot Noir. Best known as the red wine grape from Burgundy, France, it is cherished by winemakers in Italy, Germany, Argentina, New Zealand, New York, the west coast of the United States, and cooler parts of the south. It also lends its flavors to sparkling wines and champagnes. Pinot Noir and Chardonnay are usually the champagne grapes. Aromas are intense but fleeting, so select a glass with a round bow and narrow opening. That way you hold the aromas in. It loves to reinvent itself. Pinot vines are famous for sending out shoots that are genetically different from the main plant. Huh, well, I didn't know that. You always get these different clones of the Pinot Noir. I mean, an unbelievable amount of clones from the Pinot Noir. But I, the shoots created a genetically different. Wow. If the grapes from these sports make better wine, cuttings grow new daughter plants or clones. The result, Pinot Noir has the most cones of any grape variety. Well, that's where they get them. I thought a lot of them were engineered, but I guess they're getting them from the plants. I just learned something new on that. Folks, see, we can all learn things from it. More aliases than, than, <laughs> more aliases than a wrapper. In France, it's called Pinot de Bourgogne, or Nourion, or Sauvignon, or Mer Marillon. Germany, Burgander Bluer, or Bluer's Fat Burgander, or Klombener, or Schwarzer Riesling, or Morcherin. <coughs> In Italy, Pinot Norbu. In Austria, Blue Nürnberger. In Hungary, Negea Burgundy. Wow. Probably different clones anyway. 
says wines made from the Pinot Noir grape are silky, ruby-hued, and crispy, making them taste good with almost every food. But there's much more to the Pinot Noir than just a silky texture. Each mouthful delivers bright flavors that remind you of red cherries, cranberries, and pomegranates. And in short supply, Pinot Noir vines make better tasting wines when vigorously pruned. An area of Pinot Noir vines yields just 2,000 to 3,500 an acre, I said area, an acre of Pinot Noir, 2,000 to 3,500 bottles of wine, about half of what most of the other red wine grapes yield. And let's see, food matches, I said that. Uh, not just for mustard. If a label says the wine is made from Dijon clones, you're in luck. The University of Dijon in France is renowned for identifying and propagating vines that make some of the world's best-tasting pinots. And so does University, uh, well, um, Cornell University does a lot of pinot cloning, as does, let me think of another one, Oregon um, the Ducks, uh, the Oregon State, uh, they do a lot of Pinot cloning up there, too. Oregon does a lot of nice Pinot Noirs. And, again, aromas, smoke, toast, tar, rhubarb, beet, oregano, green tomato, green tea, black pepper, rosemary, cinnamon, caraway, peppermint, and or olive. These are all things you can find in a Pinot Noir. But uh, a little bit more Pinot Noir. Chardonnay. Okay, we just talked about Tripoli. Chardonnay. C-H-A-R-D-O-N-N-A-Y, pronounced Chardonnay. S-H-A-R, Chardonnay, N-A-Y. Pear and apple notes are sometimes met with hints of tropical fruit. Depending on the style, flavors of oak, butter, butterscotch, vanilla, and cream may be present. Chardonnay is an enigma. A lot of times people think you want a big, bold, buttery Chardonnay. A lot of wineries are getting away from the big, bold, buttery Chardonnays and making more of a crisp, acidic Chardonnay. The Butteriness in a Chardonnay comes from a second fermentation uh, called the malolactic fermentation. And the malolactic fermentation is the malic acids in the Chardonnay are, well, malic acids are the type of acid you'll find in milk, too. Hence the butteriness. And so it, it all ties in there. But the the big, bold, buttery Chardonnays are harder and harder to find. Uh, big, heavy, oaky, do a second fermentation and all that stuff. A lot of them are doing, a lot of wineries are doing a big, oaky Chardonnay, but they're not running it through a second fermentation. And so you're getting a big, bold Chardonnay without that butteriness, but with uh, the acids and the oak. 
different style that's becoming more and more popular. The uh, aging potential wine from the best producers and vintages may age gracefully for many years if properly stored. Some from the Burgundy region can age up to 20 years, otherwise drink within two to five years. And the Burgundy region is our Chablis, okay? The finish, you're going to get a soft with some acid. You see a medium-length finish. It's not going to go away too quickly. I'm going to hang around. The body, medium to full. Chardonnay's pair will with seafood, grilled chicken, salads, appetizers. Same as the... Uh, uh, Chablis, I just read you. The Burgundy region of France, southeast of Paris, is the origin of this grape. Your alcohol is going to run you around 12 to 14 percent by volume. That's, that's going to be the average for it. A tulip-shaped white wine glass is usually your Chardonnay glass. Color, light straw to medium yellow. And a straw color. I always look for that lighter, a little bit darker straw color. I like that. Chardonnay usually gives good results. Your growing regions, your Burgundy, Cote uh, Chalonnais, uh, Maconio, uh, the regions of France, California, and other U.S. states, Australia, Chile, and New Zealand. Serve it 55 to 58 degrees. That seems counterintuitive, but get that little bit warmer and it'll open up on you. Abrino. Abrino. This is from Galicia on Spain's northwest coast is the origin of this grape. It is pronounced, oh, it's spelled A-L-B-A-R-I-N-O with a little squiggly mark above the N. I know there's a name for those things, but I don't know what they are. Pronounce Albertino, A L L Bar B A H R E E E N Yo Y O Albertino. It is common growing region of Spain, Portugal, Australia, California. The body is deceptively light with some muscle behind the lean physique. It is you look at the body and it. Uh, deceiving. Color is sort of a pale green, uh, yellowish green on a good one. Flavor profile and aroma, white peach and apricot on the palate, but not sweet or heavy. Aromatic hints of kiwi, ginger, and citrus. Serve this at around 55 degrees. The bottles usually are tall and slender, comparable to Rhine, uh, Moselle, or something like that. Uh, Servant a white wine glass. The finish is usually very crisp, with some minerality and acidic, sometimes with a hint of spritz, but also with just a little hint of creaminess. So these are things to look for in the Aperino. And it's a good wine. Pick it up. You know, it. It's something that you, you see it on the shelves. You can pick it up in any of your liquor stores or grocery stores or anything, and it's always available on the shelves. So, uh, bottle of Averino. Next one, Prosecco. Now, this is a variety. This is a type, a style. I don't know why they're calling this a varietal. They, they are mistaken. 
P-R-O-S-E-C-C-O, pronounced Prosecco, P-R, Pro, Sec, S-E-C-K, O, O-H, Prosecco, the accent on the Sec. Uh, floral notes with pear, peach, and almond flavors and a mouth-cleaning crispness. Slightly astringent with a hint of bitterness. And it can. It can be, you know, a little, little astringent. Alcohol is usually 105 to 11%. Lower alcohol, it's a sparkling wine. Light straw color is, you know, clear to light straw color. Usually a standard champagne bottle is your bottle you're going to find it in. Serve it at about 40 degrees. Yes, you're getting this a little bit colder. The origin of this grape, or this wine, is the Veneto region of northeast Italy, near Venice. Prosecco is not a grape. It's its own style. The body is light to medium, depending on the sweetness of the wine. Slightly fizzy or fully sparkly. If you see a Prosecco that says frizzante, F-R-I-Z-Z-A-N-T-E, that is light frizziness. If you see one that says Spumante, S-P-U-M-A-N-T-E, Spumante, that is sparkling, that's fully sparkling. Uh, use a champagne flute for it, for your glass. Drink it young. They're not made to age, so yeah, take it home, chill it, and have it for dinner. I've always been an advocate of having sparkling wines, not just for holidays, but anytime. This pairs well with cheese, olives, risotto, pasta, seafood, chicken, or desserts, or just a cheese tray. It's always good. Chenin Blanc. This is another nice varietal that you don't really entertain much. I mean, it's it's a nice wine, and you really should start looking for a little bit more out there. Chenin Blanc. The, uh, it's native to France's Loire Valley and other prominent areas uh, where the production includes South Africa and New Zealand. New Zealand puts a lot of nice Chenin Blancs out. Um, Monkey Bay is one of my favorites. Uh, I fell in love with that many years ago out of New Zealand. Uh, also, California has their share of Chenin Blancs. Flavor profile, uh, across the board, the variety displays a wonderful balance of richness and acidity with fresh or orchid fruit, donny minerality, and a waxy density. So you're going to get a, you know, a nice profile on this. The aromas usually give you uh, orchard fruit with white flowers and honeysuckle. That's the what dominates the nose more than anything. But then it develops more in the bottle over time. It's going to give you a nutty quality. So as you age it, it, it starts changing. Uh, Anjou Blanc and Vouvray are a couple examples of some nice Chenin Blancs. Look for the word sec, S-E-C, on the label of French versions for a dry style of wine. 
So if you see sec, that just means dry. In the Loire Valley, Chenin Blanc is made into a sparkling wine called Cremant, Cremant de Lure, which provides a great cheap alternative to champagne. And I've talked about Cremants before, and they are really quite pleasant with a nice flavors and good bubblies and quite a bit cheaper than your uh, champagnes and other sparkling wines. The flavor range for your Chenin Blancs is going to give you green apple, pear, uh, mineral notes on the finish, 13 to 14.5% alcohol, and the Cremants are going to be a lot lower on alcohol. The texture is medium-bodied, uh, sort of a waxy richness and a real sharp, crisp finish. Uh, the French writer Francais Roubelet, I believe it's pronounced, uh, 1494 to 1553, praised the Chenin Blanc as early as the 16th century. So it's been around for a long time. South In South Africa, where it's widely planted variety, the grape also is known as Steen, S-T-E-E-N, Steen. So if you see a South African Steen, that's a Chenin Blanc. Chenin Blanc is one of the few white wines that benefit from being decanted, give it some exposure to air. Ideal pairings, cheeses, rich fish, such as trout or salmon, and roast pork. Although the sweet versions of uh, Chenin Blanc pair with apple pie or spicy Asian food. Uh, it's a noble but often neglected grape. Chenin Blanc is having a moment as an exquisite good value bottle, especially examples from France's Lure Valley. So you know, look for them. White, light-bodied, or fruity. Stemware, standard white wine glass, or if you go sparkling, you can get the sparkling glass, not required. Avoid serving Chenin Blanc too cold. That is happens a lot. Keep it up to around 55 degrees Fahrenheit. And because of its natural acidity, Chenin Blanc produces some of the most age-worthy white wines in the world. Consume simpler stalls within the year of release, but some of them can age for many years. And it's one of the few grapes that can make all wine styles. You can get it sparkling, you can get it dry, you can get it off-dry, and you can also find a sweet Chenin Blanc. So, uh, it is definitely a, a unique grape, a good grape, the Chenin Blanc. And before we close out, I have to do one more. Actually, I should do two more. Uh, well, we've talked about the Pinot Noir, and we didn't talk about the Merlot or the Zimondel. Oh, let's do the last two here. I know it's already after eight, but I want to get up first. Let's do a sip of the barnyard. Did you find something on the barnyard, Mike? Uh, it is a furniture place. Uh, they're offering 15% off now on uh, home decor. Um, I cannot, they don't seem to be, uh, 
they don't seem to have a website. The only references I can find is on, uh, yeah, Vivino. Vivino.com has references. Wine Searcher uh, cannot find anything about ingredients or um, really anything about it. And wow, yeah. Um, other than that, it's a um, oh, let's Long Barn. I can find Long Barn uh, on there, but um, other than that, it's a furniture place for your home or office. So wow, I yeah. will have to do some research this coming week and see what I can come up with. That's got me yeah, puzzled yeah. now. Yep, <laughs> I went to some wine wine uh, sites and no link to a website or any information. So. I find a website on the bottle, and I would have given that to you, but that wasn't on the bottle. That's why I didn't. There is, there's one, uh, the Urban Winery in Silver Spring, uh, or in uh, Maryland, but nothing uh, for the, you know, the California. Yeah, um, this is California. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That was weird. Strange. Yeah. It is strange. That is very strange. Uh, thank you. But yeah. I'll do some search this week, see so what I can come up with. Zinfandel, Z-I-N-F-A-N-D-E-L, Zinfandel. It is uh, pronounced Zin, Z-I-H-N, Zinfun, F-U-H-N, Del, D-E-H-L, Zinfandel. Uh, it's, well, it says here the origins, either indigenous to the U.S. or imported from Italy. Testing shows the Zinfandel grape to be identical to a clone of the Italian grape Primitivo. Who knows? In Spain, too. Aging potential. Some aging potential for fine wines. Otherwise, drink soon after purchase. Alcohols run you 13 to 15%. Growing regions. California, especially the Almador and El Dorado counties. But it's all over California. Flavor and aroma, red fruits and spices with medium tannins, served at 65 degrees. The body is medium to medium heavy. Color is a purple red. You can also get white Zimino, which is a rosé wine, which is pink in color. But if you get a white Zimino, say white Zimino, because a Zimino is red. I used to have people come into the winery all the time. I really like a Zimino. I go, well, I've got this red wine. No, no, it's not red. It's pink. I, but then white Zimino. You need to say white Zimino. The Bordeaux style of glass is what you should use. The bottle shape is the classic Bordeaux style bottle shape. The finish is going to be very fruity with some spice and sometimes tar notes and sometimes a little pepperiness. If you're lucky, you can get one with some pepperiness. Pair it with roast lamb, lamb chops, Turkey, ham, roast beef, grilled ribeye steak. Usually it's very good with, with meats. And grilled meats it goes great with. So um, Zimito is, is excellent on that stuff. Oh, there's another Zimito. That's not. And then, oh, here, white Zimito. Serve the white Zimito at 45 degrees. Um, that goes well with spicy foods, glazed ham, and barbecue also just for a refreshing sip. Don't age it. It's not going to age. It's a light red or pink color. Uh, look for cranberry, raspberry, sweet cherries, fresh plums, melons, and or blueberries in your taste of a white Zimondal. So, 
a white Zimmendorf. We got that out of the way. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going to do the Merlot. I'm going to wait until next week because I've got Merlot. I've got a Chianti I want to go through, and I've got a Melbeck. So instead of going into these for the next 15 minutes, I'm just going to wait until next week and finish up our great varieties next week. Since it is already almost 10 after 8. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Then it's uh, September 1st. Uh, those of you just joining us, you missed it. Um, so you, can always listen, you can always listen to us on uh, archive and uh, <laughs> so uh, for your support. Uh, we will be back. <laughs> now tuning in. Uh, we'll be back uh, next Thursday, uh, September the eighth at uh, seven p.m. Eastern time. Um, join us then, and uh, we'd love to chat with you uh, in our, any of the chats um, that are going on. Wherever you can find the stream, there's a probably a chat uh, associated with it. So uh, feel free to uh, type in, you know, questions or comments or anything like that, and add your two cents uh, to the show. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, yes, I guess uh, close it out, and uh, y'all have a great, uh, safe weekend. Uh, stay out of the sun. Well, and holiday weekend. Hmm. We got Labor holiday Day, so, weekend, Labor Day. so all of you are yeah. who are going to be holidaying. Uh, you know, be be careful out there. Be safe, and uh, you know, like Mike suggested, stay out of the sun. Mm-hmm. It's just hot all over the country. So, yes, yeah. Um, and uh, if you're in the uh, Cocoa Beach area, uh, which I hate to say the word beach anymore, but uh, if you're in that area, Titusville apparently, I don't know if it's still going up, but uh, the Artemis One is supposed to be launching Saturday, uh, this coming yeah. Saturday at uh, like two something p.m. I forgot what it was, but. Uh, Anyway, it's supposed to be a huge, huge rocket if you're into that kind of thing. So, and if you uh, live anywhere that, in Florida, you can probably see the contrails on it, too. Yeah. Probably so. Yeah, probably so. Watch it. Yeah, without leaving your home. It's That's one of the true. benefits. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll see you all uh, next uh, week, next Thursday. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week ahead. Yeah. Enjoy your wine. Thank you. Be safe this Thank weekend. You. Thanks for listening. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on this show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archived shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. That's right. And that and the green room.